Hey there, ACC fans. Is it a portal party or do we have portal problems? Candace Cooper and I are going to discuss whether or not the transfer portal has been a net negative or positive for the players in the NCAA, as well as a certain guy in orange deciding he's not transferring. Not this year. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from our YouTube page where you can interact with our community each and every day. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Locked On ACC, where Kenton has been booked and busy on making sure that he gives you some daily content with his live tweeting for games, but more importantly, with his conversations. So make sure you guys check that out. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. We all know that if you download the Game Time app, create an account, you can use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. All right, Kenton, we got a little spicy action today because as much as we talk hype about the transfer portal, some people yeah. said, I'm all set. I don't need it. And, and that's the crazy part because I would – y'all know us. We would much rather be talking ball. We would much rather be talking what's happening in the transfer portal. As much as people swear that I talk about NC State too much on this show, I'd love to tell y'all about one of the best. They're right now one of the top five portal classes in America. I can't talk about that because we have so many other things to talk about in terms of if the portal should even exist and what the Ohio versus NCAA ruling means for the portal at the moment. A thousand percent. So let's start with the, the Ohio ruling, because if I'm not mistaken, you now there's no penalty still. You can still have that two time transfer rule where you can move about the cabin no matter how many years or two years, excuse me, that you have been at a different program. So here's the most here's the the most sinister part of that ruling, or I don't know if I want to call it sinister. Maybe that's not the right wording, but here's the most impactful part of that ruling. Everybody's expecting that this is just a 14-day, you know, temporary restraining order against uh, players being eligible or for players being eligible, rather. The problem is all of the whisperings and buzz that I'm hearing are saying that this thing could be permanent. Now, what do I mean by that? That means that there would pretty much be unlimited transferring season to season. That's that's a very real possibility right now based upon that Ohio versus NCAA ruling. And I'm going to tell you, um, this this thing could get really – it could get way worse before it gets better. I'll put it like that. And, and I'm not going to say any names, but I've already seen certain players who started off at not just the FBS, but the Power 5 level, in essence begging for an opportunity to play anywhere, anywhere in college football – at the FBS level again, or even a uh, FCS school because they hopped in the portal. And, and you know, as, as Macy Graves said, someone once told me the grass was more, much greener on the other side. But when I took a visit, I guess that I missed it. It was different, but exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because adulthood is, don't rush it. If you can have seven years in college, I know some people like to joke, but I, if I could do another lap, baby, okay? textbooks in hand okay we're going Hello? to see the stores give me another Hello? sweatshirt i would Two. not be paying these bills 
no. working off these loans. No. And I think more than that, uh, as we're starting to see guys make decisions, it's crazy how we've transitioned from, is the guy going to go pro? Is he going to stay, play the bowl game, do all those things? And now it's like, is he going to take another 12 years? And basketball, sure. Game of runs. You ain't got nowhere to go but Barcelona. Cool. Football. I don't know that I would want that on my body year in year in and year out. I mean, but but like you said, who wants to pay real world bills? And more importantly than that, you you're looking at the aspect of like there is no Barcelona for football. Yeah. W- with all due respect, there is no get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. There isn't. Not not to that same level and pay scale that basketball is in other countries. So I understand why a guy like Will Shipley is looking at, you know, hey, do I want to stay? Do I want to go? And all that good stuff. But more importantly, in terms of of the, you know, bringing it back to the Portland and all that, I think that, you know, this thing, I I think it's arbitrary in design, but I'll get into that a little later when we get into whether or not it's a, a positive or negative, because I, I got to get in on this Will Shipley news, you know, because in, in Raleigh, many folks thought that Will Shipley was was the, the, the next thing smoking as he had many NC State ties. I, I got to get into Mr. Shipley. Now, Will Shipley, Clemson running back, you know, has talked about the fact that Barrett Carter's return to the Tigers is certainly a nod to the possible possibility of his return as well. But he is really struggling with the decision to either go to the NFL or remain at Clemson. And a lot of people were thinking, because he, you know, kind of came out of his mouth, leaked it a little bit, that he wanted to transfer. And we certainly thought he was going to enter that transfer portal. But he said he is just loving Clemson. Now, is he loving it or is NIL looking great? I don't know. I don't know. You decide. But the young man is on his way to who knows, still remains to be seen. But I'm I'm thinking draft. I'm thinking, well, well go back to Clemson. I don't know. Ain't I nothing mean, here I... for you. There's, no, there's nothing for you to me in the NFL right now that's going to get you not in round six or seven, if that. I think the biggest thing for Will Shipley is understanding that the running back market is what it is. Yeah, It's a lot like Caleb Williams and his pop saying that they could potentially go back you know, to the uh, to USC if the wrong team gets the first overall pick. My brother in Christ, the way that this thing works out, the worst team is going to get the first pick every year. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Some years that wor- that first pick franchise is a lot worse than others, right? You you do have your Cardinals of the world, but who, who else has recently had first picks? The Bengals? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, what teams have historically had a ton of success that end up with the first round pick are perennially picking in that area. It's just not, not something that you see often. And so with that in mind, you know, I look at Will Shipley and I say the same thing applies to you, not in that the the teams are going to be bad, but that running back value is running back value is running back value of all of the positions in football and all of football. They have the second lowest um franchise tag the second lowest brother that's not by mistake you can come back next year and unless you win a heisman or something like that at best you're gonna be a third rounder that's just the reality you think it that high that's what i'm saying at best i'm saying if he comes back next year rushes for 1800 yards catches for another 600 you know has just a phenomenal year you are gonna look at oh his production was great but guess what nfl teams are gonna be looking at 
how much mileage is on him? How much did he run the ball? Like, ooh, he, he's at risk of blowing a tire in the NFL. But are you blowing us away? Are you Christian McCaffrey out here, right? Like, are you? what are you doing? Are you Nick Chubb? Are you, you know, a workhorse? You Saquon Barkley? You've been injured. Like, what is, yeah. what is it really? Yeah, and that's my point exactly with him. I, I, For him, I mean, either way, I say go. I say go to the NFL because – Either way it goes, I don't think that you're clearing much more than, than you know, you thought that you were either way. I don't think coming back, there's enough money on the table to gain. Like Kenny Pickett, there was a ton of money to gain for him coming back for that final year. He went from late second, early third to first to people yelling at me, telling me, calling me everything but a good Christian because I said he wasn't the first round quarterback. You know what I mean? And so with that being said, there was money to be made for him. For Christian McCaffrey, it's a lot like, and I hate to bring up NC State again, but it's a lot like Peyton Wilson. Peyton Wilson was a known commodity coming in this year. This year did not really help his draft stock out exponentially. It might have bumped him up a few picks. But I think everybody, staying healthy definitely helped his stock. Absolutely, but the book was already out on him. I talked to multiple draft experts two years ago about Peyton Wilson. Two years ago. You know what they all said? First-round talent, sixth or seventh-round injury break. You put those two together, you get a fourth, fifth, maybe third rounder. That's what everybody's telling me. Low positional value, got some injury history. Great player, but low positional value and injury history. Those those were the things. That's not going to change. The same way, Will, your positional value will not change. People yeah. could think, oh, you're, you are what you are. But at the end of the day, when you come back, you're still going to be splitting, share, splitting carries with Mafa, number one. And number two, I mean, at the end of the day, running back is still run the running back position in the modern game. So that's what you got. Is K-Club next to your quarterback? Because, child, mm. is Clemson mm. going to be in the conversation next season? Mm. Well, know. with a 12-team playoff, whoever wins the ACC got to get in at that point. That's fair. I forgot about the 12-team thing. So that's absolutely fair. All right, make sure you guys are headed over to the Game Time app. As you mentioned, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. We all know that it's the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download the Game Time. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. We're rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs here talking through all the things that are happening in the football world, but I don't want to get out of the ACC hoops matchups because it feels like it's been forever since yeah. we've had an opportunity to celebrate our men and women on the pine. Is it hardwood? Hardwood. Hardwood. Yeah. Is that pine? I don't I don't know. So have you know. ever seen okay, I'm about to get the AD real quick. The Family Feud episode where he was like, name things that go with pork. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the man was like, coupine. Coupine. Yeah. Name things that are, that start with pork. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel that that intelligent when I say things like that. Like, let's get on the pine, you know? Maybe you hit the pine when you're on the bench. Yeah. The, the bench is referred to as the pine. Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Which is kind of like nonsensical in basketball because the bench is chairs. It's normally a bunch of chairs sitting right next to each other. And you're not they, sitting they've the advanced. Chair. You know, it yeah. used to be the pine. I don't grab, even think football uses pine? pine anymore. I don't even think yeah, that, that was the, that's what they would say. That's 
Coach Crowell, I love him to death. He used to say that all the time. Come get some pine, brother. Come get some pine. Come, we're playing cover four, and you get beat deep. Come grab some pine. Brother. Come grab some pine. Stand right here next to me. Well, there's some top matchups happening on the hardwood this weekend yeah. for ACC men's basketball. Whole slew of games. You can go check out, check those out. But the ones I want to dedicate to, let's start with the big, big one. The CBS Sports Classic, North Carolina and Kentucky. R.J. Davis and the boys looking to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. I feel like this is one of those, again, both teams 7-2. and two. North Carolina is trying to get past this hump of not being able to beat top-ranked teams, but they're in a good position, but not a great position, you know, if we're, as we look at the lens, right? You're doing better this year, but are you still – are you the Carolina of old? Remains to be seen. And I think the problem for Carolina over these past few years has been consistency. I think that's been the thing. It hasn't been about can you beat the top teams because Carolina's proven they can, you know, even in years uh, like last year where you don't even make the tournament, you pull off a big upset or two. But the reality is it's not about pulling off an upset or two. It's about stringing together wins against top teams. Can this team do that? And I think, I think at least, I'm not going to say I guarantee, but on a team where R.J. Davis is absolutely lighting it up, on a team where Elliot Cadeau is, is everything that he's been advertised to be. And, of course, you can't forget Armando Baycott in the middle, who, you know, he has been doing this thing since 1973 in college. Just you name it, through the decades, he's been there grabbing rebounds for UNC. This is a team that should, should be able to beat Kentucky, a team that I think that their inexperience shows a lot. I think that they show the talent. But the inexperience shows a lot. As much as as exciting and as electric as Rob Billingham is, he has multiple moments a game where you're like, oh, this team is led by a freshman. That's tough. So, you know, this is this is going to be a game where at the end of the day, I'm looking at this to say two blue buzz going at it in a situation where we're officially kind of but not officially marking the end of college football as we know it, of college football season as we know it. And uh, this is going to be a great showcase for potentially for ACC basketball if Carolina shows up and is ready to compete. But my biggest thing also is I really feel like I want to see if Elliot Kendo can shoot that ball. Hmm. Can I pet that dog? Can you shoot that ball? <laughs> can you shoot the ball and score? Can you – you're great at facilitating, great assist man, doesn't have minimal turnovers, cute. Can you score? Okay. That's what I really want to see. I'm excited. I think Seth Trimble is a really good addition. He has come up and improved since last year. I think RJ is definitely leading this team. I think Armando is Armando. You get what you get. But I want to see Elliot go ahead. If you're going to skip high school and do all the things to come in early, make it worth it. Put a, put, put a ball in the hoop. I mean, I, I think that that's not Elliot Cadeau's game. I, I, I just I don't. Hey, hey, basketball is you got to score. You got to score to win the I, game. You got to put the ball in the basket. I agree. See, now you're making me say nice things about Tar Heels. I see y'all see what she does. Y'all see how she does these things to me, making me say nice things about Tar Heels. Elliot Cadeau does a lot of things exceptionally well, exceptionally well for a freshman, right? How I talked about Robert Dillingham at times getting a little frazzled and playing too fast for himself. You don't see those same problems with Elliot Cadeau. The only problem is you don't see the upside and the ceiling that you see with a Dillingham sometimes in, in terms of the outright athleticism, the quick pace, the um, I'm sorry, not the quick pace, the quick twitch, the explosiveness and the ability to shoot the three ball. Sometimes it's just not there. However, this is a true freshman. That young man has plenty of time. And I'll tell you with what he has right now, he's already 
a good playmaker, a good distributor. If or when that shot comes along, if he puts the work in and that shot comes along with him, he's going to be scary. He's going to be real scary. Good to go. All right, let's talk about the next best matchup of the weekend for the ACC. Clemson and Memphis is surprisingly enough, 67% of fans feel like Memphis is going to get the big dub this weekend over the Tigers, which is surprising considering Clemson is 9-0 and and number 13 in the country. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a big game. This is a really big game for uh, Clemson because when you look at Memphis and what they bring, I mean, obviously, 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 the first story that you look at there is Penny Hardaway. He's one of only two or three head coaches in America who haven't won a national championship. And yet, when you think of that team, they are him. They take on his personality and whatnot. And you kind of see that with his guards. You kind of see that with the fact that 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 Memphis team, they're looking to get to the rim. Much like Penny did when he was a player, they're looking to get to the rim. And defensively, they're looking to disrupt with length. They're looking to say, all right, we we know, we know that these guys may give up just a little something, not a lot, but they're going to give up a little something by way of quickness. But what can you do with us in terms of when it's time for you to put the ball in the basket? Can you keep up or can you get around our length? And that's that's the question that uh, that's the question that this Clemson team is going to have to answer. That's the question that Joe Girard is going to have to answer, because, I mean, that's that's how they make their living. That's how they win games over there at Memphis. And that's the reason why so many fans have them winning this game, because, again, that is a team that just when you look around at everything that they do, it's just either you've got a lot of length or a lot of experience like you've got with Quinterly from Alabama. Exactly. And that's why I really truly feel like it's going to be a good matchup for PJ Hall and just his size. He is yeah. going to have to be a bully tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Or excuse me, Saturday. I think that he is going to absolutely have to be a bully and ensure that he gets, you know, his buckets in that paint. And then of course Joe is going to have to get some threes going. And if he's off, it definitely shifts that uh Clemson program. But overall, I'm gonna give that I don't see why the hype is so real for Memphis, but maybe maybe I'm missing something. I mean, Memphis has, like I said, they have experience at guard. They have length at guard. Those are the two big things that you want to see. And, of course, you can't ignore David Jones and that silky uh, silky smooth stroke that he's got from deep in terms of, of who he is and, and being a 20-point-a-night guy. But the reality is the what you look at in terms of what is going to win this team ball games is the length of that backcourt. It's the experience of that backcourt. Caleb Mills played a ton of ball at Florida State before he transferred over there. You don't think that he's going to be just a little bit familiar with Clemson? Javon Quinterly played plenty of ball at Alabama before he got there, and Villanova, I believe, as well. You don't think he's going to be ready for this thing? The strength of that that Memphis team is not it's not the front court. It's not the bigs. The reality is you're looking at a team that is wing and guard dominant. And in the NCAA, we've seen if you got good wings and good, you got good wing play and a guard that can, or a wing or guard who can stretch the floor, you'll be just fine. And I think the Penny's put that together. A hundred percent. All right. Last big game here for ACC hoops is, of course, NC State and Tennessee. Now, Tennessee definitely got their head spun when North Carolina took them to the woodshed, but this NC State team has an opportunity against another 7-3 and program to really be an undefeated, to be a ranked program and help elevate our Ken Palm rankings and all the things, all the things. The DJ Burns Bowl. That was, <laughs> this was DJ's original school back before he had tattoos and locks and all the things, and he was – 
a much smaller young man. This was this was where he started off at. But in all seriousness, this is you a game. Been small before? Oh, okay. Smaller. Okay. Smaller. Okay. <laughs> in all fairness, this is a game that's going to mean a lot to Keats and this team going forward this year, right? You look at the situation where you're talking about, okay, you got MJ Rice back. MJ Rice is averaging about a point a minute or something close to that right now because he's playing a very limited time. You got a situation where DJ Horn looks like he's coming along in terms of his shooting stroke. But the problem is DJ Burns has always struggled against length. And Tennessee, boy, do they got it. They got length in that front court. So that you know, one, that one white chocolate brother, what's his name? You know, I uh, believe you're talking about Neck, uh, yeah. the, the guard. Yeah. And he, he can, is the, and that's that's the, the biggest guard I've ever seen. He, he might be top only, five biggest guards I've ever seen. Not only is that boy hefty, he can do it at all three levels. He could go inside on you. He could post up smaller guards. He could give it to you from the, from deep. He, he is all over the place, you know? So, so this is a young man that, that you look at and you say to yourself, all right, see when, when we had all these, uh, Red shirt, gray shirt, transfer, COVID, all that good stuff. This young man has been playing college basketball for quite some time. But I'll tell you what, it is, I am not joking. This is not a, a game when you think about Dalton Neck and you say, hey, that's a guy that turned himself from a a junior college kind of get it how you live type of guy to all of a sudden he's going to be averaging nearly 20, if not more, at, by the end of this season. So. Yeah. You know, he's a special talent. They've got length in the front court. This is a tall order, metaphorically and literally, for NC State. But let's see how they get it done. A thousand percent agreed. Great matchups there for the men. But, you know, we have to have to give the women some conversations. We also have to talk about NIL tampering. And let's get right into that. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends at Prize Picks. We all know that Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than two on two to six player stat projections and the winnings roll in. If you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college using code locked on college, you can get a first deposit match of up to $100. Now with the basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy that, so that entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college, use code locked on college for our first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So we're landing this plane here and we talk about the men, but the women have some really good matchups. We talked about coach walls and the Louisville Cardinals this season and how they're off to a hot start. They got a good one against mm-hmm. UConn on a Saturday. Absolutely. You know what, you know what this Louisville team is about. They're going to come at you with multiple defensive looks. And of course, Cochran is going to be the centerpiece of most of them, right? She is an elite rim protector. She is an elite rebound. She's everything that you could want out of a big, out of your prototypical, you know, crash the glass, be the role person big. She does it. And with that being said, you're looking at a UConn team that, of course, Aaliyah Edwards, Paige Beckers, uh, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Gino Oriyama we're talking about here, right? Some people are saying he's losing his fastball, but this is a game that, you know, Louisville cannot take lightly because this this is, would not only mean a lot for the ACC's Ken Palm rankings and whatnot, but this also means a lot for Louisville's season as a whole because I'm going to tell you what, everybody can't stay this good in the ACC. 
That's just the reality. It, we will not see everybody leave with this high of winning percentages um, at the end of the season. So with that being said, get all the wins you can out of conference because it don't get no easier. A lot of teams, you they have three, four game stretches where you got multiple teams with a single digit number by their name. And that ain't easy. Absolutely. Let's talk about the Miami Baylor matchup who that you mentioned earlier this week. I think that Miami has a great chance to prove itself as being one of the top teams in the nation. Uh, and, and you know what? This game, when you talk about opportunities to truly make a stand or not just make a stand, make a statement nationally, this is the moment. This is the time where you look at this Miami women's team and you say to yourself, all right, now we we've seen some good things. We've seen some good things. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But can we see something great? Can we see something special? Can you give everybody a moment where you take a perennial powerhouse out to the woodshed or don't even take them out to the woodshed. Just win the game against a team that is, again, on that level that has won national championships and whatnot. Because Mississippi State, good team. No disrespect to Mississippi State. But with all due respect, they don't have the same name and clout as Baylor. And, yes, this ain't Kim Mulkey's Baylor. It's still Baylor, okay? Mm -hmm. So this would be a great win for the Hurricanes. Yes, absolutely. Those are the top matchups that we want you to lock in on. If you feel like your team didn't get mentioned and they're going to have a good one, let us know. If you feel like your team was mentioned and you don't agree with our takes, let us know. All in all, we are here to help you. But as we round out the show, of course, we know that football is king around here. Bowl games are starting to really getting upon us. And we're starting to think about, you know, some people are deciding to enter the portal. Some people don't. Some people want to play their bowl games. Some people don't. It really is just a matter of do you even think that people are getting paid to participate in bowl games, I'm wondering. Part Ooh, of the that's collectives. A great, that's a great question. I, I would say this. It wouldn't surprise me. With some of these deals that we're seeing being tossed out, if I'm paying the quarterback a million dollars a year, I'm uh, you best believe I'm uh brother, you got an extra hundred racks if you play in this bowl game. Come on now, talk to me. Hello. Talk to me. Let's talk about our poll question of the week. Every Friday, we're going to have a little poll conversation just to see as we grow our community. Make sure you're following at Locked on ACC on Twitter. What percent of football players in the portal have been influenced to transfer by illegal tampering? Yeah. So over uh, we had 61 percent of the voters go with um, at least half. I mean, each each other vote, 0 to 15 percent, 16 to 33, 34 to 49 percent. All of them had 13 percent. The the largest group we had was at least half, which this kind of goes back to that conversation we were having earlier about not just is the portal bad in and of itself, but also that conversation of is this are the evils that the portal has opened the, the bigger problem? Because illegal tampering, I mean. That's that to me, that is much more problematic than giving players free movement. I think that the but this is a lawless place. I mean, you've had every coach under the sun, Matt Brown, Dabo Sweeney, uh, must my guy from Dave Clausen. Everyone talks about how there is no structure and we're really yeah. losing our way and they're begging for some sort of normalcy. And yet NCAA as an entity, who even knows if it's going to stand up until 2025? I couldn't Hello. tell you. Hello. I couldn't tell you. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, that I think that that poll is reflective of a lot of people's feelings about the portal in terms of them. A lot of people feel like it's a net negative. You know what I mean? Even if their teams are crushing it in the portal, a lot of people feel like it's a net negative because you're looking at a situation where, you know, there there is 
a lot of bad actors getting involved that did not have space before. Before we literally used to come in, and I remember freshman year, like it was yesterday, 2013, going up to NC State or down to NC State, rather from Detroit, coming down to Raleigh. And they said, you know, be aware of runners, be aware of agents. And now when I try to get guests for podcasts and whatnot, I've been told a few times, hey, uh, get in touch with my agent and they'll let you know what my availability is. And it's like, okay, all right. It's a a very different world than what we're used to. So the the NIL and, and all that, the NIL, the transfer portal, I, I believe that they're both neutral in design, but I believe when you combine the two and you leave out tight regulation, like you, you combine those two with the free market, you're going to get a lot of people that are in there just trying to make a quick buck off these players, regardless of what's best for the player's career, regardless of what's best for the school that they committed to or that they're playing at. It's all about what's best for my pocket, which I can disguise as, oh, yeah, yeah, I I want you to go over here and play for this team for a million dollars a year because it's best for you. This school yeah. has so much more exposure. You'll be playing on the best team money can buy. And it's like, well, with all due respect, the best team money can buy for the last few years has been Texas A&M. Candace, how many uh, rings they got? Zero. What just happened to their last head coach? Got booted. And he getting paid by what sixty some odd million, seventy some odd million to go seventy. Go, fishing. go he got, down. He get paid seventy to go fishing. So apparently, money is not all there is that goes into building a winner. And we all know one thing about winning: winning breeds draft picks. Winning breeds that success in the future. If you look at the teams that had the most players drafted year in and year out, look at where they're finishing. It's yeah. not a it's not a dink. dink. You win, you will get in in terms of being drafted. That's how the NFL works. Yeah. You know, everybody has their own story, own journey, own testimony. And I think whatever works for you, of course, works for you. But the age-old saying, grass ain't always greener, is very real. And I know there's a lot of fast money coming really heavy for these young men and women. But I would just be mindful. Always get somebody to read over your documents and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. But, yeah, it's a, it's a wild, wild west that we hope gets regulated soon enough. That's all the time we have for today, but make sure you come back next week. We recap some of the great games on the basketball court, the hardwood that went down. And then, of course, we'll give you updates around our bowl seasons. As we know, the ACC has plenty, 11 games we got to get through. So for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, hope you have a great weekend. Until next time.